Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Pod, a daily podcast about space, science and tech. I'm your host, Will Walden, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about human spaceflight, and in particular, why do we want to send humans back to the moon in the Artemis program? The Artemis mission, if you're not familiar, is NASA's latest attempt to get human beings from the surface of the Earth and then land them on the surface of the moon. So why do we want to do this? Well, number one, I'm just going to go through a a rough list of these things because there's things that humans can do that robots can't do and vice versa. But number one, people want to be inspired. It's pretty easy, right? You see somebody... Like uh, anybody from the Apollo missions who set foot on the surface of the moon, those people are heroes. Those people will go down in history as the very few people that have been off world and onto the surface of another world. So those people are not only national heroes, they're world heroes, they're human heroes. They will be in history books forever, right? So the number one thing for me is the inspiration because we want to have people do great things. And the way to have people do great things is to inspire them to do great things and show them that it's possible. The Apollo era is long gone. The seventies is a long time ago and there's been really nothing that has taken its place. You know, we've been to low earth orbit a bunch of times. We have a space station, which is orbiting the earth that doesn't get a lot of press coverage and the people that have gone to the space station, those people are heroes as well, but it's a different kind of inspiration that they're doing. They do a lot of science. They do a lot of tech up on the space station. They live up there and they're doing a lot of good for humanity, but they just don't get the kind of adventurer kind of credit that the Apollo missions had when they, uh, when they launched. So that's one thing, the inspiration Here's another thing to think about. What can a human do that a robot can't do? We can look around. We can survey the situation in real time. And say if the rock over there that's five to ten feet away looks interesting. We can pick it up, look at it in real time and do an analysis on it. 
we don't have to wait for anybody. We can look at it and say, okay, that's cool. Let's uh, let's take that back to the lab. Take it back to the lab, then they analyze it, etc. A robot can't really do that. Sure, it can look around with a human controlling it uh, back on Earth, right? But the fact that it can't just go over there, pick it up, it, it takes a couple seconds to pick up a rock, right? It might take, I don't know, hours to pick up a rock if you're a robot and you're controlled by a human being because it, you can't feel it, you know? You can't feel it with a robot arm. Um, so that's a very simple thing to pick up a rock and to analyze it in situ. Therefore, it cuts down the time of progress as far as uh, exploration goes on the moon's surface. Now, the Artemis program is going to be using an orbiter, which is the Lunar Gateway. And the Lunar Gateway will be able to transport human beings and supplies back and forth to the surface of the moon whenever we basically need it. So if you load up, I don't know, 50 pounds of rocks in a in a capsule, you shoot it up to the Lunar Gateway, and the scientists on board the Lunar Gateway on that space station will be able to analyze it. And we can get the results back much, much faster than if you have a rock and the robot with a laser shoots the laser at a rock and goes, oh, that looks like it's, you know, whatever minerals it is, whatever it's made of. So uh, just think about the time constraints that are there. Uh, let's say seconds compared to possibly months of analy- uh, analyzing one sample. So time is a huge thing. And it's just ingenuity, right? So we can we can in situ figure out things that robots can't figure out. What is a good thing to do at this moment that robots can't do? All right, so I'm going to take a quick break. i got to pay some bills and do a pause for the cause. So I want to say thank you to my sponsors, and I'll be right back with some more information about why we should be sending humans to the moon and uh, not as many robots. All right, so humans can pick up a rock. It's very simple for them to check it out. You know, it's very basic stuff. It's a human thing. You do it pretty much when you're a little baby. Pick up dirt, pick up rocks, and check it out. That's simple. Now, the important thing, this is the big picture we're talking about here. The future. Where do we want to go in the future? Do we want to go to other planets? Yes, we do. We want to go to Mars. We want to go wherever human beings can survive. How do we get there? Well, we have to have a test bed. The moon is a perfect test bed to try out technologies before we use them on the Martian surface. So we need habitats. What are the what are the main things that we need to to use when we uh, as humans? We need water, food, sunlight, and we also need um you know, we need a shelter. So we get all those things here on Earth plentifully. This is where we were born. This is our this is our mother Earth. We were born here, you know, for a purpose. This is this is where we come from. How do we do those things in space? Uh, we can bring water with us, but it's really heavy. We can bring food with us and we found ways to make it not as heavy by dehydrating it and other mess, um, other methods. Um, building shelters, we can do that 
possibly. We haven't quite done that yet. We have models that NASA's working on right now and other companies are working on right now of how to build a shelter in space, how to build a shelter in situ on boots on the ground on another world, right? So um, in sunlight, of course, you know, you have the sun as far as the, uh, as far as the moon goes. Water. How do you get water in space? You can't really bring a lot of water with you. It costs a lot of money to transport water. So what do you do? The moon has water ice on it. You can go to a place on the moon where that water ice is. You can use your tools and your manufacturing to synthesize that water ice into regular water. Uh, you have to purify it, of course. You have to melt it somehow. So there has to be a, a heating component and there has to be a purification component. So those are two things you don't have to bring with you to the moon and further exploration. Okay. So what about food? Well, I think everyone has seen The Martian. I'm not sure if everyone has, but if you haven't seen that movie, go check it out. Uh, we can send seeds and plants to the moon's surface so we can grow food up there, so we can colonize it. Why would we do that instead of just shipping it from the Earth to the moon? Food, again, is heavy, right? And also, um, it, it's a lot of trips to bring enough food to have a person survive. Just think about like a basic three meal a day thing that you do, right? And then you might have a snack here and there. But how much how much does that weigh for one person? You know, and how much room does that take up for one person? Now, if you could grow that food on another world, on the moon, on the Mars surface, uh, would that be better than transporting a bunch of rockets and a bunch of cargo ships to and from those planets. I mean, of course, you can transport that stuff, but it would be better if you could grow it there. Um, also, you can get rocket fuel from that water ice that I was talking about earlier. So the water ice has hydrogen in it, and hydrogen is a key component to rocket fuel. So you can synthesize the hydrogen out of the H2O, the frozen H2O, and use it as rocket fuel to get to and from the lunar surface to the lunar gateway or the lunar gateway to Earth or Mars back to Earth, etc. Because Mars has water ice as well. So we could use the stuff that we learn on the moon on Mars. The habitats, you can use uh, rocks and basically what the moon is made out of to create a shelter. So, you know, just a very, uh, a very old school style shelter, an ancient style shelter, like a mud adobe kind of shelter where you can take some of the water ice, mix it up with the, uh, the surface, uh, the sand or the, uh, surface materials of the moon or Mars. And you could create walls. You can create a ceiling and you can make yourself a little hut. Right. So you can make yourself a very ancient style hut on the surface of the moon. You can find caves as well. I found a cave. That's an instant shelter. You don't have to worry about uh, building it if there's already a cave there. There's a bunch of caves on Mars. And, um, you know, that's been 
thought about for a really long time is how are we going to survive the radiation when we get to Mars? Well, you go underground to because the, the actual surface of Mars protects you from the radiation because there's no atmosphere, very little atmosphere on Mars. So that could happen on the moon as well. So we need food, grow it, shelter, you build it, and water, you synthesize it. So what else can you do on the moon if you're not a robot? Right. Why do we have to send people there? Well, we have to send people there so we can build the things, the structures and the mechanical things that can do the things that I just talked about. To synthesize that water, you have to have a person there to build the thing that does it, build the equipment, build the manufacturing facility that will take ice and build it into hydrogen and or water. And oxygen, too. I forgot about oxygen. You have to breathe, right? So the oxygen is super important. You can get that out of the H2O, the frozen H2O. Now, people have to be there. We don't have smart enough AI yet to do this, unfortunately. Because if we could send robots up there to build these things before we get there, that would be absolutely amazing. But unfortunately, at this point, AI and you know self-driving cars are just becoming a thing. Right. There's some cars out there that that drive pretty well, mind you, but they're not perfect. And you have to build the AI even better for that to happen. So we need people to be on the surface of the moon to build these facilities by hand to synthesize the the, uh, water ice, to build better facilities, to build the garden that you're going to eat from. You need a person there to do it. You know, it's not easy to do this stuff right? to build a garden on the, on the surface of the moon. Um, even if we're not building, you know, a hut on the moon, if we have something that's already built and just expands, you know, an inflatable uh, surface module, something like that, that could be, you know, you have to build that. It can't automatically do it. If it does, you have to have somebody there just in case something goes wrong. So those are just a few reasons why, Humans should go to the moon surface instead of robots in the future, in the near future. I mean, eventually when AI catches up to uh, what humans can do and what hopefully uh, manufacturing robots can step up to the things that, you know, at least in a, a general sense of what humans can accomplish as far as building things. Um, until that point, we have humans that can do the work. So, my friends, I want to say thank you for checking out the podcast. And if you really liked it, hit the subscribe button. And uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your day to spend here with me on the Space News Pod. My name is Will Walden, and I'll see you soon. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime.
Guys, are you trying to stay in 20-year-old shape into your 30s and 40s and finding it, well, impossible? Then you need to listen to this. Beachbody, the company that revolutionized getting ripped at home with P90X and Insanity, has a brand new program just for you called Lift 4. It's part lift. It's part hit. With total body shredding results in just 30 to 40 minutes a day, right at home on the Beachbody On Demand app. That's how you get killer results as an adult. Go to Beachbody.com to sign up now and you can try Live 4 for free. That's Beachbody.com.